0: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Well, hello, good people of the Internet. How are you doing this fine Sunday evening? My name is Jake Johnson, and you're watching Untethered Live on a Sunday night. It's Bible study night. That's right. We're going to be in the great book of Deuteronomy, I believe. That's what it is. Let's see. Yep. Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 25. That's where we left off last week. That's where we're going to pick up tonight. Hey, Walter Davis, first man in the chat. Ding, ding, ding. You ring a bell. You get a star, gold star on the board. First guy in. Welcome to the show. How are you doing this fine afternoon? Hope all is well. Everything is lovely here at the home front. It's a nice, beautiful, crispy, cool day outside. Perfect weather for sleeping, actually. Which I did most of the day. Right here in this chair. I don't know why, I just did Woke up several times and did not have the wherewithal to get up and go to bed. Just sit here and sleep. It's nice every now and then to just pass out in front of the TV, I guess. Metaphorically speaking, I mean, it's a computer and this is not a recliner chair, but it can be done. That being said, I'm excited to get into the book tonight. Just going to give it a little time and see who shows up. We got two people in the chat already. It's exciting. It's like uh three people. It's like opening presents. Never know who's gonna be next. What's in this box? Oh, it's another person. Welcome, Chemtrail Warrior. Welcome to the show. Come on in, take your shoes off. Moving kids bedroom around so we can fit another one this week. Been painting today. Oh, you're expecting a new child? That's fantastic. Hey, Denise. I guess that's Chemtrail Warrior, huh? Oh, welcome. We got some interesting stuff to go through tonight. The story as it has been, has been pretty intense and and, uh, exciting. I don't see any reason it won't stop tonight. So, uh, it's going to be a good thing. Hope you guys enjoy it. I'm, uh, Little under the weather today, the pollen is getting to me. Never had uh allergies or anything when I was a kid or into my young adulthood, but apparently I have them now, so must be some serious pollinating going on. I'm jealous, anyway. Let's see here who's the third person in the chat? Say hello, third person. Try to get five before we get started. 17-year-old. That is a twin sister with another Brittany who's been here a while. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you told me you deal with uh, foster kids. Okay. That makes sense now. That's awful nice of you. It's nice to have somebody out there that'll do that. There's a lot of kids in need out there. I wish more people were uh, as generous. Yes, he fosters kids. That's right. I understand now. First, I thought you were talking about a pregnancy, and I was like, well, 1st time hearing of it, but I understand now. Tuesday, we got court for an adoption. That's excellent. God bless Walter. He does. I can tell you that, and I don't even know the guy, but I can tell you he blesses him. How do I know that? Because God blesses those who are generous with their time and with their selves. It's just a rule of the universe. If you give, you receive. It's a reciprocal thing, it's a law. It's in the book. We've read it before, and I'll point it out the next time we go across it. But uh, if you give, you receive. It's as simple as that. But you got to give first because it's a heartfelt thing. You got to do it from the soul. And if you do that, God blesses you. Trump has fallen for this New York stuff. I don't know if he's fallen for it as much as they are pushing it without cause. Uh, They're intending, from what I understand, and I don't know much, but they're intending to arrest him on Tuesday, and he's expecting them to. I don't think it's going to stick because what they're arresting him for is giving his money to a woman who accepted the money, in exchange for sexual favors. It's not like she refused the money. It's not like he tried to buy her off. She took the money. It's two consenting adults. There's no law being broken there. Might be creepy, but there's no law there. I gotta be true. I'm still alive and well. That's right, buddy. Is he was the question is he was the question hmm he called for a big protest at the arrest I would imagine so I imagine he's gonna do everything he can to get out of it there's a total witch hunt everybody knows it doesn't a lot of government officials use hush money yes and and by the way if they arrest him he will be the first person who has been a president of the United States to get arrested for something he did prior to being a president. The first one in history. Where? Where what? But yes, a lot of government people throw money around for different reasons. And none of it's, strictly speaking, legal. But they get away with it because they're the government. Who are you going to complain to? There's nobody above them. They don't have a boss. And the boss is in on it. It's only a misdemeanor. Probably so, yeah. And it's probably not something that will stick. This prosecutor's probably off his rocker, and uh, it probably won't go very far. But basically all it is is to discredit Trump so he can't run for president, which he'll run anyway because this will solidify his base. People will get awful mad at him being mistreated like this. Because if he's going to get arrested, what about Bill Clinton, who did some stuff in the Oval Office that was, strictly speaking, not legal? What about Hillary Clinton, who uh, erased 30,000 emails under subpoena? So you're going to arrest him for doing what men do? Uh, Which he denies, by the way. That don't sound right to me. Maybe I'm just hearing it wrong. I don't know. The claim is that he used campaign money for the payment. Well, he didn't. His lawyer did. He told the lawyer to take care of it, and the lawyer took care of it. He didn't know where the money came from. He thought it was coming out of his account. Apparently, the lawyer used campaign money. But that's not Trump's doing. That's Trump's lawyer's doing, which he went to jail for, if I'm not mistaken. Spent three years in jail, that Cohen guy. That's one... And has been extensively investigated and found not true, two, statute of limitations has expired, three, I got you. You can't extract a person from another state. Who was his lawyer? Cohen. Cohen was his lawyer at that time. And that guy did some shady stuff that he did on his own without Trump's knowledge. And that got him in trouble and then this other stuff came out. And if I'm not mistaken, and it's been a while since I've heard all of this, but if I'm not mistaken, that's why he went to jail for using campaign finance money to do shady things, which Trump didn't know about. <clears throat> I meant, you can't extradite. Right. Right. Well, you're not supposed to be able to, but who knows? I would say that Trump would probably go to New York and get arrested just for the spectacle of it because he likes to twist the media and he's he's good at it. He's probably the world's best at media manipulation. And uh, I would imagine that that's an a offer he can't refuse right there because he'll use that to his advantage in a heartbeat. I would imagine. I don't really know. I'm just talking out of my butt. Don't listen to me. Trump is surrounded by demons. He certainly is. He certainly is. And I'm not saying or even kind of suggesting that Trump ain't one of them. I'm just saying that God used him for a moment and he may use him again. Yeah, because he's in Florida right now. That's what I understand. Down at Mar a Lago. But who knows? Well, how it's going to shake out. I can't imagine they're going to go through with it, but if they do, it'll just be a big spectacle that'll work out in his favor in the end. It always does because he hasn't done anything wrong despite the fact that they keep trying to find things that he's done that's wrong with. They can't handle it. They think that because they're corrupt, he must be corrupt. Surely he's committed some of the same things we've committed. We just have to find it. Well, the problem is, is he's above board and actually runs his business quite well, and is actually pretty smart about his decision-making. So, we'll see. Trump is part of the plan, yes. God uses many people for many things in many different circumstances, and not all of them are good people. I don't know. I think, personally, I think Trump's thing is an act. I think he's very smart. I mean, he graduated top of his class at West Point in a military school. You don't get there unless you're intelligent. But I personally think that he's been doing this TV shtick for so long that it's kind of become his character, his personality that he presents to other people. I don't think that's the real Trump. I've seen him in backgrounds talking to other people, and he doesn't look like a moron while he's doing it, like he does when he's up in front of a microphone. So I really think it's an act and I really think that he uses that act to disarm people or to manipulate them to doing his bidding, ultimately. I do think he's a good politician, despite the fact that he isn't one. I think that when he was president, despite the fact that every single human being alive was out to get him, his cabinet included, and all the media, despite that, he managed to get a few good, really good things done while president. Not as many as he promised, but he got a few of them done. And this president is completing a few of the things that he started that he didn't get finished. Why? Because they're smart for the country. That's why he just doesn't want to give Trump the credit for it. That being said, imagine what he could have done if people would just treat him like a normal president and get off his back. Imagine what he could have done then if everybody wasn't out to get him, if he wasn't spending 99% of his time fighting for his life. Literally and figuratively. I imagine he would have been the greatest president we ever had. And there's possibility for him to do that still. If he can regain the votes, get elected, and then actually do the president's job rather than defending himself the whole time. I guess it remains to be seen. But as always, get out and vote. That's the only voice you have. And whether it counts or not, it's the only one you got. And you really can't bitch if you ain't got a dog in the fight. That's my opinion. If you put Trump and Pence together, it makes trumpets. Get it? No, I get it. That's hilarious. Trumpets. By the way, it's not lost on me that his name is Trump and we're in the end times. He's one of the Trumps. There are three Trumps that could possibly run for president. I'm just saying. My nephew is at West Point. Very smart kid. There you go. He is back on Facebook, is he? That's excellent. Maybe he'll get the word out. Did you read the book, The Last President? No, I did not. The Republican Party didn't get behind Trump's agenda until the term was halfway over. Yeah, You can't even trust the Republican Party anymore. Those guys are off their rocker just as bad as the Democrats are. There's very few of them, the uh, Rand Pauls and the different ones that actually are trying to do something. But the rest of them are just rhinos. They're just Republican in name only. Trump is highly intelligent. I believe he is. True. Will Trump be our next 19th president? I don't know. Who was the nineteenth president? We're a little ways from nineteen. We're at forty-seven now. Or forty, yeah, forty-seven. Coming up, is forty-seven. I'm hoping Trump will be forty-five and forty-seven. That would be interesting. I think he will. Jackson was the president. Okay, Andrew Jackson. Well, he he did quite a lot of things very similar to Trump. Andrew Jackson, and uh, he was received similarly. I know that Trump many doubles. Nope. Nope. What? What are you noping? I know that Trump likened himself to Andrew Jackson one time. He lost the second term, claimed it was stolen, ran again, and was elected a second time. Now, interesting. Well, in that case, he might very well be. We need a good president, because his last president is uh, just about did us in. What about Mr. Fetterman? Has anybody heard any news from him? The last I heard, the rumor was going around that he was brain dead, and his family, his kids, and wife had left the country. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what I heard on YouTube. Could mean anything. Who knows? I'm drawing a blank, Denise. Mm. That's bad. Look it up. Trump is pushing to be the 19th president. I'm noping your statement on the number of true presidents. I didn't give a number of true presidents. I think you might have misunderstood me. I was talking about we're on number 47. That's the only number I gave. President 47 is... Biden, 45, well, maybe 46. 45 was Trump, so I guess 46 would be Biden and 47 would be Trump if he wins. His wife is going to sit in for him. Oh, Jesus. That's not good. I don't think she has any experience in politics. Talking about Fetterman. I don't remember giving a true president statement we are not on the 46th president we must be Trump was 45 what does that make Biden She thinks more Z-Tung is far-right extremists. Hmm. I don't know who that is. She thinks Mo Z-Tung, uh, Mao z I got you. I know who that is. All right. We're up to an incredible two. I think the politic talk is running people away. (laughs) Drop down to one. Might as well get started anyway. Oh my, please look this up. I will. But you can just tell me, if we're not on the 46th president, then what number is Biden? I mean, I can't look it up right now. I'm in the middle of something. I'll look it up afterwards. She not only drank the Kool-Aid, she got her own recipe. I don't know if that'd be a good thing or not. I'm leaning strongly towards not. But Again, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a Bible reader. That's what I know about. This other stuff is just a hobby. Just trying to keep up with what's going on. All righty. I was hoping my April would be here by now. Must be a slow Sunday. Let's go down, shall we? If you got your Bibles handy, crack them open to the great book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 25. You're funny, Walt. She is horrible. She sounds horrible. What little I know of her. I didn't like her husband. I didn't think that should have been done at all. But it was. All right. Chapter 6, verse 25, the book of Deuteronomy. And it reads like this. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. That is a righteous thing to do. If you follow all the commandments, you become righteous by nature. It's just natural. What does righteousness mean? It means to walk in the ways of God. That's what it means. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Gergeshites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. These are not good people. They have already had their opportunity and they squandered it. Now they're engaged in worshipping of false gods and intermingling with other things that they shouldn't be intermingling with. Passing babies through fire, this sort of thing. All of which God frowns upon and has given them many, many, many chances to not do those things. And yet they still do it. Now has come the time for them to be destroyed and God is serious about it. He's going to give their land to a new group of people and destroy them from off the land. There is no escape. There is no hope. It's over. And this small ragtag group of Israelis, which is a very large army, by the way, but smallest of all the people in the world, they are the fewest in number of all the groups of people that exist, go against these seven nations, all of which are mightier than they are, bigger, stronger, and more powerful, and they utterly wipe the floor with them. That is the best way. Did you look up the ancient weapon Asherah pole? No, ma'am, I did not. I must have forgotten about it. For they will turn away thy son from following me. That's what will happen if you give your child to marriage to these people. That he may serve, or that they may serve, other gods, lowercase g. That's the first thing they'll do, is corrupt his religion, corrupt his belief system, and cause him to go into whoredom, worshiping idolatries, worshiping false idols. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy these suddenly? Why is he going to punish them suddenly when he leaves chance to everybody else? Whatever you do, you die, and then he judges you. Why would he judge them immediately? Well, because they're chosen. Of all the people on earth, God chose those people specifically to do what they got what they have to do. Therefore, they exist under a different set of rules than everyone else does. You'll notice that the rules get kind of meticulous and kind of uh unusual that God lays out in these first five books, but they are specifically for these people. They don't involve us, Gentiles. Unless you are of the one of the 12 tribes, these rules don't apply to you. It's just for them, so that they can be set apart from everybody else and be a peculiar people. I know what you're talking about. That is outside of the purview of my particular religious beliefs, but uh I do I am familiar somewhat with the the uh topic that you're discussing, and that may be a topic for conversation at some point, but it is not biblical, it is not in the Bible. So I tend to put those things on a different shelf. Not that they're any less value, valuable or valid valid. I can talk. I'm not having a stroke. But they don't pertain to what I'm teaching. So that's probably why I didn't go into that direction. But thus shall ye deal with them. You shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. Why? Because God really does not like false idols of any kind not even the ones that are of him, supposedly. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because ye were more in number than any people. In fact, for ye were the fewest of all the people, the smallest group of people. But because the Lord loved you, because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of the bondsmen, that would be Egypt, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord thy God... He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Now keep that in mind. We're probably getting pretty close to the thousand generation mark here. That's not entirely true, honey. Uh you can read the Bible without reading the Torah because the Torah is a separate book that uses the same source but adds plenty to it case in point what you're telling me is not in the Bible so therefore they added it so it's not the same book even though it uses the same source know therefore that the Lord thy God he is God the faithful God which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations what's up Kevin there you are good to see you my friend and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them he will not be slack to him that hateth him he will repay him to his face that's a very specific threat right to your face. I'll face you head on if you hate me. I'll show you who I am as I'm destroying you, says God. That's something also to not forget. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore it shall come to pass if ye hearken to these judgments and keep and do them that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto thy fathers, and he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. It's very specific what he's telling them. If you do what I tell you to do, if you follow these commandments and laws and judgments, these precepts, these uh, statutes, I will bless you. I will be merciful unto you, and I will greatly multiply you. I will make sure that your seed has a trajectory, which is a a thing that a lot of people wish they had and don't have. And that's a very important part of living, is propagating life onto the next generation. on up to a thousand generations ahead of the promise he made. And I would imagine it'll keep going beyond that. They just used the word "a 1,000 to illustrate how far he'll go. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto thy fathers, and he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb or your children and bless the fruit of thy land or your crops thy corn and thy wine and thine oil and increase of thy kine or cattle and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he sware unto thy fathers to give thee <clears throat> thou shalt be blessed above all the people there shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. Everybody's getting pregnant, says God, if you do what I tell you to do. Everybody's getting pregnant, even the cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest, upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. I'll take all the sickness and put it on the people that are your enemies. You won't get it, whatever it is. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their gods, lowercase g. For that will be a snare unto thee. Yes, if you go towards other gods it will ensnare you and cause you to lose your step cause you to stumble backwards and uh, that has been the fate of many people's faith especially in this generation now a false god can be anything it doesn't have to be uh, ancient being it can be money it can be property it can be things anything that you put above god can be a stumbling block to you. Which is why commandment number one is thou shalt have no other gods before me. Period. I am the Lord thy God. I am the guy you need to focus on. Nobody else. God did say this. If thou shalt say in thine heart these nations are more than I. How can I dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them but shalt well, remember what the Lord thy God did unto the Pharaoh and unto Egypt. In other words, if you get scared along the way, he's talking. Try to follow along, Drail, warrior. He's talking to the Israelites. We're just a little ways beyond. We're 40 years beyond being taken out of Egypt. They walked for 40 years in the desert. They received the Ten Commandments, and then they were given... After all the old generation died off and the young ones were left, with the exception of a couple of guys, they were given the direction to go into Canaan, which is the promised land. And now we're at the place where the armies have been set and they have marched into Canaan and they're getting ready to take Canaan over and kick all the people out. So he's talking to these people. And yes, God does love everyone. That does not mean that you get to get away with murder and sin. He loves you in spite of your sin, but he will punish you for it as he is punishing these people. And as I've stated earlier, and it's clearly written, these people have had generations on that land and all they have done with it is go a-whoring around and worshiping false idols and passing their babies through fire and sacrificing to false idols and that sort of thing, committing all sorts of atrocities like bestiality and uh, sex with babies and anything you can think of, they were doing. And God has warned them for generations, and now it's time for them to be destroyed. And so this is the end for them. There is no talking your way out of it at this point. So, yes, he is telling the Israelites to go into and destroy all of the people that now live in this land. So, yes, God does love them, but it's time for them to leave this world, period. And he's telling these people, don't have any pity, don't have any mercy. You go in and you kill every living thing, man, woman, and child, and animal. Kill it all. Get it gone. And then you can possess the land. Why would God do that? Because they deserve it. That's why. They're more than deserving of it. And he says, this final sentence here that I just read, if you get scared, because they are greater than you, there's way more of them than there are of you, but if you get scared, you just remember what I did in Egypt with the ten plagues and the death of the firstborn and the passover and the death angel and all that stuff you remember that because i'll do the same thing here you don't have to be afraid you will win this fight does god have a body or just a voice he has neither god punishes which god there's only one god The God of the Jews was a jerk. Well, I'd be careful about saying that if I were you because you're going to have to say it to his face one day because he is the God, the only one. And uh, I'd defy you to tell me where he's being a jerk. Uh, from what I'm reading, I see a God who has given generations of chances, begging the people to do right, showing them every which way that they could learn to do Right. And still they turn against him and begging them, giving them chance after chance after chance after chance. And still they turn against him. And so finally he has enough and he destroys the world. And starts over like an Etch-A-Sketch. Brand new world. And they do it again because that's the nature of humans. You see, God, in his infinite wisdom, decided he wanted love real love so he created these people but in order to get love real love it has to be from you which means he couldn't program them to love him because that's not real love that's programmed love so he gave you a gift called free will And that free will allows you to make whatever choice you want. It's your ship. You can sail that sucker across the seven seas or you can drive it right into the rocks. And God will let you do it however you choose to go. It's your choice. However, there are consequences to those actions. And those consequences are clearly laid out. In the first five books of the Bible, the law is given. This is what I expect from you. This is what you need to do. If you choose to do it, then you will be righteous and you will be blessed. If you choose not to do it, I will punish you like I'm punishing these people. Because he's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. He destroyed the world. Why are you following the Jews' Torah? I'm not following the Jews' Torah. I'm following the King James Version of the Bible because it's the best translation of the texts, the original texts from Antioch, which are inspired by God. Why am I following him? Because I'm smart, and I know who the winner of this battle is. That God was evil. I'd be careful what I said if I were you. No one deserves death. That's not up to you. You're not God. My God is good and forgives and doesn't kill. You are naive. I'm sorry. He most certainly does kill. It's his creation. He can do with it whatever he pleases. And it's not murder, by the way, because he created it. And also, he knows what happens on the other side of death, something you don't know, which is why you fear it. He doesn't fear it. He knows what happens. He knows what's on the other side of this life. Then why does the Bible say don't put others before me? Duh, you silly head. They might they are many gods and one true Godhead. There are many gods. God doesn't say there aren't many gods but there's only one real God that created everything. All these other gods exist within creation. They're not the creator of all things. And they don't claim to be. If you've done any research, you know that. They don't claim to be because it wouldn't be true. Because they were created just like everything else was. If God has no body, then how does he communicate just asking? Well... In the Bible, it refers to Gabriel the archangel as having the face of God, meaning, in translation, that he speaks for God. Whenever God has a thing to say, Gabriel the archangel says it. The burning bush was Gabriel the archangel's voice. When God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, that was Gabriel the archangel's voice speaking on behalf of God. You couldn't hear God because he's not an ethereal being as we are. Or he is an ethereal being, not like we are. You get my point. I've died three times. I know death. Well, that's amazing because you can only die once. And if you're here, clearly you didn't die all the way. ATL Transparency News. What's up, my brother? To sin trail what worship and lay down the law <clears throat> hello all right continuing on the great temptations which thine eyes saw and the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand that stretched out arm whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out of Egypt so shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid You know, I provide a good hour at the end of the read to answer all questions and comments, and I will do so, but please hold them until we get there. i got to get through this. We're not getting very far. (coughs) All answers are in the book. The question to everything is there. You just have to read it, which is what I'm trying to do. And yes, when you pray, you are talking to God. Just because he doesn't speak himself does not mean that he doesn't hear. Moreover, the Lord thy God will send the hornet among them until they are left and hide themselves from thee. Be destroyed. I think there's a word too that should be there until they are left and hide themselves from thee to be destroyed that makes more sense thou shalt not be affrighted at them for the lord thy god is among you a mighty god and terrible this word terrible translates to the word awesome the same word we use as awesome that's what that word means terrible not terrible in the sense that we know it And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little, meaning little winds here and there, and eventually they'll take over. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations from before thee little and little. Thou mayest not consume them at once, because they're bigger than you are. It'll take some time. Lest the beasts of the field increase upon thee. You got to do it slowly. You got to work your way into it. You can't just run in guns a blazing and expect to win. You got to be crafty. You got to be stealthy. You got to work your way into this crowd and take them over little pieces at a time. But the Lord thy God shall deliver them unto thee and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they be destroyed. That's utterly destroyed, not on this earth anymore. And he shall deliver their kings into thine hand, and thou shalt destroy their name from under heaven. There shall no man be able to stand before thee until they have destroyed them, meaning all of them. The graven images of their lowercase gods shall ye burn with fire, because fire destroys completely. There's nothing left. Ashes is the absence of stuff Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee. That's going to be hard because people like to spoil after war. Some of them are going to make that mistake. Lest thou be snared therein. Money is a snare under your soul. Yes, you can use it as a tool, but keep it as a tool. The minute you fall prey to the love of money, then you are wrapped up in the root of all evil. All evil stems from the love of money. That's why God is saying right here, don't take any of their silver and gold. Don't take any of their cattle. Don't take anything. Destroy it all and start over. I'll give you the land, but nothing on it. For it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Their money is an abomination to God. He does not like it at all. He hates it in fact. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing just like it. Don't bring abominations into your house. If you know it's a thing God don't like, then don't involve yourself with it. Stay away from it. Don't let it inside the walls of your house. Period. It's pretty simple. All the commandments which I command thee this day... Shall ye observe to do. How many of them? All of them. Not one of them. Not five of them. All of them. That ye may live and multiply. And go in and possess the land. Which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember. All the way. Which the Lord thy God led thee. These forty years in the wilderness. To humble thee. To prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. That's why they were in the wilderness for 40 years. They were not very far from their destination when they left Egypt. When they got to Mount Sinai in Arabia, they were just a few miles away from Canaan. I don't know how far it is. You'd have to get a map and look, but it's not that far. It's within walking distance, considering they walked for 40 years. They would have been there in a few days. But because they were a stiff-necked, stubborn people, because they would not adhere to this new religion that they had all but forgotten about for being slaves for 450 years when God came to get them, they still knew about it, but they had forgotten all of the rules and all of the things that involved the religion. So God was retraining them in the desert. That's why they were there at Mount Sinai, to stop In safety and have the time to relearn their religion relearn what's expected of them but they just wouldn't they were institutionalized they just were not able to recontextualize themselves into this religion so at some point God got tired of punishing them and just said look I'm just not gonna take you to the promised land your children can go but you're gonna die in the desert period I'm not gonna let you in there because you're too stubborn you just won't do right So they walked around in circles for 40 years. Now keep in mind, during that 40 years, their shoes never wore out, their clothes never got tattered, and they always ate every day and had plenty to drink. God took care of them, but he did not allow them until they were all gone to go to the promised land, the children of the people that came out of Egypt. So now he has to keep reminding them, don't forget what we did in Egypt. Don't forget what you saw that day are those days. It's very important. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And be, and he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not. We never had manna before. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone. It's not the only thing it requires for you to survive. Bread won't do it. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Now, this is a teaching that Jesus will teach later on in the book. It's the same sentiment man does not live by bread alone it requires the faith in God it requires the following of God's words to have a good life you can live, sure you can survive but that's not living and uh, if you want to have a blessed life if you want to live under the protection of God if you want to have all of the blessings that come from being a man of God then you have to live like a man of God Otherwise, you won't have that. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Never even got sore feet. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Just like you punish a child for doing wrong, just like you get on that tail... When he isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. Just like that. That's what God was doing to these people. He was humbling them. He was teaching them. Using a strong version of punishment. But still punishment nonetheless. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God. To walk in his ways and to fear him. This word, fear, is reverence, not terror, is to revere God. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack in anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Now, One thing you have to consider about these people that just diddy-bopped up into this place and killed everybody and took their land. They didn't have to build any cities because there were already cities there. They didn't have to plant any vineyards because the vineyards were already there and full and growing. They didn't have to plow any ground. They didn't have to do any work. They didn't have to build any houses. They didn't even have to cook food. It's all there. An empty place, fully furnished, All they had to do was move in. They were truly blessed to have such a place that's theirs by inheritance, by right. And still, they had the wherewithal and the audacity to complain and go opposite of what God's trying to get them to do. It's very simple. It's not hard at all. You just make a decision and you follow it. It's that simple. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes. Beware. Take heed. Pay attention. This is why we're here. Follow God's commandments and judgments and statutes. Period. Beware that you don't get in a position where you're no longer doing that which I command thee this day lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God Well, it's easy to forget God when things are easy It's only when it gets hard that you start praying real hard. That's also human nature. The Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought and there was no water. Who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint? Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end, at the end of your days? And thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. No, it has not. That's a thing that many, many people make the mistake of knowing. They get a little streak of good luck. They have a little bit of success. They gain a little bit of profit. Next thing you know, they're thinking they did it. Look at what I've done. Look at what I created. Look at what I built. You cannot take one breath without God's permission. Not one. Every hair on your head is numbered by God. He knows you inside and out before you're ever born. He built this place for you. He had a vague plan of what your life would be before you ever got here. Everything you do is because of the blessings of God. And that's all he wants is a little recognition, a little appreciation for what he contributed instead of you constantly breaking your arm to pat yourself on the back about how good you are. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. That's right. That he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. He didn't even make this deal with you. He made it with your father, somebody that's above you in the hierarchy of the world. You are just the recipient of it that stands to be known as well. It's good to know your place, to know where you stand. In other words, don't go making the mistake of thinking that anything here is your fault. None of it is. You're just here. You didn't build the world you live in and benefit from on a daily basis. You had no part in that. Be proud of it. Be grateful for it. But don't take credit for it. You didn't do it. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods, lowercase g, and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall you perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Period. Hear, O Israel, listen up. Thou art to pass over Jordan this day to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to heaven, a people great and tall, the children of Anakim. Who thou knowest? Anakim is where we get the word Anunnaki from the Sumerian part of the world. Those were his children that built that city. He's a great and powerful name, also known as a giant. And uh, one of the first people the Israelites came up against in their journey into this new land. That's why they know him. And of whom thou hast heard, say, Who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand, therefore, this day, that the Lord thy God, he which goeth over before thee, That's who is going to win this fight. He is in front of the army. He is going over before you go over to handle business. So when you get there, it's an easy job. As a consuming fire, he shall destroy them, and he shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord hath said unto thee. Speak not thou in thine heart, after that the Lord thy God hath cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in to possess this land, but for the wicked of these nations the Lord doth drive them out from before thee. It is not your righteousness why God has given you this property. It is because of a promise he made to your fathers. Again, you are just the recipients of it. Not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go to possess their land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. It's because of their wickedness that they're losing the land. It's nothing you did. It's nothing you're part of. They got this coming. You just happen to be the hammer God swinging at them. and that he may perform the word which the Lord sware unto thy fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand, therefore, that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land to possess it for thy righteousness, for thou art a stiff-necked people. You are all stubborn, hard-headed, young minds. That's not why you're getting this land. It has nothing to do with your righteousness. You can check your righteousness and scale it up because that ain't why you're getting it. You're getting it because you are the children of some really righteous people who God trusted and loved and made promises to. That's why you're inheriting this land. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness. Remember when you pissed him off and just kept pecking at him until he finally opened up the earth and ate up all you people? Don't forget that. From the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until you come into this place, ye have been rebellious against the Lord. You have not played along one little bit, even though he saved you from bondage and promised you a future with a life. You were rebellious the whole way. Also in horror, you provoked the Lord to wrath so that the Lord was angry with you to have destroyed you. It was only me talking to God and reasoning with him, says Moses, the guy speaking. It was only me that stopped him from destroying you. You'd all be dead right now if it weren't for that. So don't forget that. You made it here. Be grateful for what you got coming. That's where we're going to stop for today. We'll pick up tomorrow night at 8.30 on verse 9-9. What a fantastic read. I found that to be thoroughly enjoying and thoroughly eye-opening, and I hope you did too. I hope you got something from it. I hope you gleaned something for your own soul because there's a lot of wisdom in those words. And tomorrow we'll finish up that story and start one anew. Until then, though, won't you do me a favor in Hit that subscribe button, press the bell icon so you get notifications of when I'm gonna be online. Smash that like button. It's free, it's right in front of you, it's effortless, and it really does help the channel with the algorithms and it helps us get recommended to other people. So won't you do that, please? Share this video with somebody you love. Better yet, share it with somebody you don't love. Bring them into the family, make them part of the fold, be part of their solutions, not part of their problems. Leave comments down below and let me know what you're thinking about. Question me, curse me, bless me, challenge me, confront me, conform with me, drink my kool-aid heck make your own kool-aid as long as you're thinking critical that's what i want critical thought coming from that brain of yours and hey if you love the word of god and you can see the value of what i'm trying to build here or if you feel led to send your tithes offerings or love offerings or if you'd like to just pat me on the back and say hey nice job jake i see what you're doing here you can do that. You can support my work by going to paypal.me slash jakejohnsonband. Or if you're a cash app user, you can go to dollar sign Jake Johnson Band. Every little bit helps. It's a win-win. It's a blessing for me. It's a blessing for you, too, because God does notice these things. We do live in a reciprocal universe. And I will do everything in my power to be worthy of your confidence and worthy of your consent and worthy of your support and worthy of your ear thank you from the bottom of my heart and i appreciate you being here with that i will round out this video by taking all of your questions and comments and seeing what i can do with them i hope you like that all right kim trail warrior over here is writing a book so i need to scroll up and see what she's got to say hmm yeah tell that to the doctors who brought me back to life I'd gladly tell them that they're doctors they ought to know better hello alt what's up Alt? chemtrail warrior hello okay sweetie be right back I'm back well that wasn't very fast these Jews in the desert did not walk for 40 years they ran around in circles for years Uh, No, the Bible clearly states and chronicles their 40 year journey Walking around in the desert and while they walked their feet didn't even swell Their clothes never got tattered. Their shoes never wore out and they ate manna every day Manna is a food substance Delivered by God the word manna literally means what the heck is that? That's what it means That's what it translates to because they didn't know what it was and some people have likened it to mushrooms some people have likened it to coriander seeds some people think it's a type of bread nobody really knows there's only one source of it left on planet earth it's in a little bowl tucked away in the Ark of the Covenant where that is and that's it and when they find that or when they pull it out they've already found it but they're not allowed to say but when they pull it out they'll be able to test it and see what it is It's the best I can give you, though. Look at the map of their trip I have. Because the shoes were made of hemp, there's no evidence of that. Also, hemp doesn't grow very well in that part of the world. Hemp is the strongest fiber in the world. It's one of the strongest. It's not the strongest, but it's pretty up there. And it can do a lot of other things, too, including make oils and make cottons and make paper and make medicines. And It's a very, very impressive plant. What's manna? Some kind of seed or mushroom bread type thingy. The word manna literally means, what the heck is that? The Jews were not starving. They had millions of sheep and cattle. Well, they started out with millions of sheep and cattle. I don't imagine that lasted for 40 years. The book says they were starving, but mostly they were thirsty. They were in the desert, and there was not a source of water. So, moreover, it was thirst. If you go to the final place that they had a sacrificing area, and they sacrificed millions of sheep and cattle... It is a lie that they were starving. No, it's not a lie. The Bible doesn't lie. There's not a single lie in the Bible from cover to cover. I've checked. They did sacrifice lots of animals. That's why they had the animals there. But if you understand sacrifice, then you know they eat the animal after it's sacrificed. That does not mean that they were continuously eating the whole 40 years. That just means that they had a good meal that day. Think about what you're saying. If you don't grocery shop every week, you'll starve within three days. Takes about three days to get hungry enough to consider yourself starving. Five days if you're pushing it. I imagine there's quite a few five-day periods in 40 years. Also, these Jews is supposedly walked around the desert for 40 years were only one day's walk away from the civilization. They were not in the desert. That is a lie. And that is why I wanted you to look it up. Well, as I've stated before, I have looked it up, and if you've ever looked at Arabia, then you know it's all desert. I'm sorry. It's a desert. That's where they are. They were from Egypt. They went from Egypt to Arabia. That's a desert. Second of all, I don't know if it was only one day's walk away from civilization, but it might not have been the civilization they were walking to. Second of all, God purposely led them around in circles as to not take them to civilization because they weren't ready to go in. I stated as much earlier. They were not very far, a couple of days at the most, from where they were going. But they continuously walked around in the wilderness. The word in the Bible is wilderness, not desert. I equate it to desert because that's the location where they are. The pole that Moses had because of you, because of me? Look at the rock he split open You will see he used this ancient weapon. Well, actually, you're conflating two stories. The pole that he had was Aaron's rod when he struck the rock. He didn't split it open. He smited the rock with it three times, meaning he banged on the rock and said, "'Must I always provide for you people out here in the wilderness? When are you going to do stuff for yourself?' That's not what God told him to do. That's why he didn't get to go into the promised land because of that particular sin. The rod that you're talking about, conflating with that rod, is a caduceus, which is a pole with a snake wrapped around it, and that's not an ancient weapon. That's a thing God devised on the spot and told him to make so that everybody could look up and look at it, and anybody that didn't look at it got ate up of the earth. That's the only two rods Moses had in his hand unless you're considering his rod. Other than that, no ancient weapon mentioned. Yeah, there are only 10 laws, so it's not that hard, but the Jews added 613 more. Those laws didn't come from their God. Correct, which is why I don't read the Torah, because it's a different book. It's not the right one. There's only one inspired word of God, and it's the one that I read from. <clears throat> and you're absolutely correct. Ten laws are not that hard to follow. The Bible says we are not good. You are not good. We are all sinners. You are all sinners. From the get-go, we are evil That's from the Jews' God. Well, that's everybody's God, not just the Jews. They were chosen by God, but He is everyone's God, yours included. Whether you're his servant or not is a different story. But he is your God, make no mistake about it. And in the end, you will face him whether you want to or not. And you will accept whatever judgment he gives you, whether you want to or not. Because that's who you are, and that's who he is. That being said... Yes, as long as you're born in the flesh, you were born a sinner. There's nothing you can do about it. You are as filthy rags to God. He does not enjoy people. That doesn't mean you have to stay that way. The whole point in this life is to strive towards righteousness. The whole point is to make the decision whether to follow God or not. That's why we're here. That's the only reason we're here. And when that decision is made, then you just tarry until you die. Because there's nothing left for you to do. Everything else is just fodder for the f- cannons. Beyond that, once you get to heaven, then you take your rightful place as to wherever you belong, whatever happens in heaven. But until then, you're here, and you're a sinner. All people are sinners. Nobody is above judgment. See? there were other gods i never said there weren't other gods there's only one real god there's only one god worthy of your worship there's only one god that can actually do anything for you but if you want to f- worship a false idol you go right ahead and see what happens gods i meant jesus was not a christian that's correct he was a buddhist that is incorrect he was a different kind of jew he was raised under judaism orthodox judaism He believed kind of like the Nicenes did. The Gnosticans, whatever you want to call them, the people who seek knowledge. He shared a lot of their beliefs, if you look at it like that. Truthfully, what he was doing was comparing his upbringing to what God was telling him in his head because they didn't match up. So ultimately, he became a rebel against his belief system the orthodox judaism and became the thing he was which we now call christians because somewhere in the old days the romans called us christians men who follow christ and instead of taking it as an insult we embraced it and decided to call ourselves that as the romans that gave us that name not christ christ was not a christian Wow, see, the Jewish God is evil. No, the Jewish God is whatever he wants to be. He created evil. He created good also. Again, you are not God. You have no power or authority to judge anyone, least of all God. If he wants to do a mean thing... That's his purview to do. If he wants to do a righteous thing, that's his purview to do. He created this world. He can do whatever he wants with it. It's his. You're his. Know your place. The word Lord is actually bow. No, the word bow is actually Lord. It means the same thing. But the word Lord came first. I thought you were going to discuss my comments at the end of your video. What do you think I'm doing? Just remember one thing. I am highly, highly intelligent. Highly, highly intelligent. People rarely say that. You can always come to me for the truth. I doubt that. Considering the conversation we're currently having. But Moses was a Jew and you are reading the Torah and don't even know it. DIY head. I am not reading the Torah. I'm reading King James Bible, which is a different book than the Torah. If you don't believe me, get one of each and open them up and read them and you will soon find where they differ. They're not the same book. Second of all, the only place you can find truth is out of the mouth of God. Everyone else falls short. Everyone, including you. Including me. Never listen to a man speak. Not even this one. Let me guide you, yes. But don't listen. Trust nobody. Pick up the book and read it for yourself. To find the truth. Because that's where it is. Anybody that espouses otherwise is lying to you. Or yourself. Hemp is the strongest fiber in the world. Look that up. You keep telling me to look things up as if I haven't done 30 years of research on just about every topic you could ever imagine. I have looked it up. And I'm telling you, it's not the strongest fiber in the world. It is up there. It's like number seven, something like that. But it's not the strongest. doesn't have to be. It's not trying to be. Your belief in it sends up a bunch of red flags, but Whatever. God led them. I thought we had free will. Yes, we have free will. That's including the free will to follow somebody. That's your choice also. They didn't have to follow him. They chose to. The Christian people never talked to God. The Jews talked to God. They wrote the Torah. And the Christians came in and changed the word. The Old Testament is the Torah. You are incorrect, madam or sir, or whatever you are. (coughs) I'm not scared of my God. He loves me unconditionally. Well, the first statement there is incorrect. You should be scared of your God. You should revere him with fear. You should tremble at his name. If you knew what he was capable of, if you knew who he was, you would. Second of all, he does love you unconditionally. That is correct. And you should do the same for him. Jesus was not raised by the Jews what do you think Mary and Joseph were what do you think the Pharisees were that he spoke to on a regular basis what do you think the uh, synagogue was full of where he went to church what do you think the school was where he went to school he told his mother and his father his dad not his father Screw you, I'm going to Egypt. That's not what he said. He learned Egyptian ways, including reclamation and om being the word of creation. I don't know where you got any of that from. They went to Egypt as a family because it was a census year, and they were told to go to Egypt. During that trip, Mary had Jesus. So he didn't go to Egypt, period. He was being taken there in the womb of his mother while there they were there for a while he did learn some egyptian stuff and also when he was about 11 years old or 12 years old he went off with his uncle joseph of arimathea to mine copper and tin and he was there for quite a while so he was over in england for a little while there's a little church there i believe it's called cadbury i might be mistaken on the name but it's something similar to that if that is not it uh, uh, Cadbury or Crastonberry or something, something, Berry. Anyway, there's a little church there that claims to be where he stayed at while he was over there. Uh, so he has education from all over the place, but mostly from the 40 days in the desert being ministered to by angels is where he got his real education. And as far as Om oh, being the creation word, that would be incorrect. The Bible tells you what the words are if you read it. Go back and check my video, Genesis 1-1, if you're really interested in what the words are. Then he went over to India, and you learned more reincarnation and Buddhist religion. There's no evidence that Christ went to India. He only came back to the temples to teach what he taught out on the road since he was 12 years old. Well, you're incorrect there, too. You're not batting a thousand so far. I think you've been watching a lot of YouTube channels and getting a lot of people's opinions and mixing them all together into a coherent ideology. But that's incorrect. You need to get your information from the source, which is the Bible only. The word Christ actually means... dot, dot, dot... India... Had the first hospitals in the world. Hmm. That's funny. I always thought it was the Templar Knights who built the first hospitals in the world. But I guess I'm wrong about that too. The word Christ means to be anointed or the anointed one. It's Christos in the Greek. It is not a name, it's a title. jesus said that god is in every one of us that's true this is the temple that god speaks of this right here the flesh you are the temple of god that's a heavy deep conversation but it's true and if you are aware of that then you need to treat your temple as a temple he says as he lights a cigarette again men are flawed that's all nothing else You got me excited now. But I enjoyed the conversation, and I appreciate the input and the chance to sharpen my teeth. I've read them all, have you now? Define all. So I'll call you on that one. I've read a few of them. And I haven't read them all. And I make it my life's work. So No, you have it. Undivided attention. Bring it on. Lay it all out there this is the marketplace of ideas share your ideas and see where they fall If we get to one I'm not familiar with I'll let you know tomorrow night we'll be continuing the book of Deuteronomy chapter 9-9 I believe it was where we stopped uh... And Wednesday, we're going to play with ChatGPT a little more, I think. That's always fun. Uh, See what we can get it to do. There's a new version of it out now, and I'd like to play with it a little, see where its weaknesses are. I've already beat ChatGPT3 in a debate, caused it to become speechless and forfeit. That's not something an AI is supposed to do, so I consider that a win and I did it with a very simple question very simple one you learn as a child you can check out my last Wednesday's video for that it's quite interesting if you're into that kind of thing if not wait your turn I'll I'll get to you eventually we'll come up with something you like but there's a lot of people out there scared to death about this AI thing coming up in the world And I decided it was probably a good idea to point it out, that it's on a computer. And you have the ultimate power and a cup of coffee in your hand. Spill it over on that computer and AI is no more a problem. Have you seen his birth certificate, Joseph? Because according to the Bible, he was Jewish. And he worked probably for the king of that area. There's a little known artifact that most people seem to look over when they're uh, studying the Bible. They seem to just skip right over this little part. It's very important. Mary, Jesus' mother, is the daughter of of Heli and Maria. Heli was a Hebrew king and Maria was a priestess. King of kings, Lord of lords. See where this is going? Mary had perfect DNA. That's why she was chosen by God. See, back in the Garden of Eden, the devil intervened and caused Cain to be born which tainted the bloodline. And then they had to go through Seth, which they were planning to go through Abel. I mean, uh, uh, Abel to get to Jesus, but because he was killed, they had to go through Seth, and it took many generations to get that bloodline to go back to normal, without that tainted blood in it. And when they got there, Jesus was—I ch- mean, uh, Mary was chosen by God to b- bear Jesus. Mary's DNA came from a king line and a priest line She was 50% king and 50% priest in the way of the uh, Hebrews thinking Which meant her son would be 100% king and priest King of Kings Lord of Lords all of the math adds up But she married a Jew a humble Jew of one of the 12 tribes And his name was Joseph. He was not an Essene, which, by the way, the Essenes were also members of the Jewish faith. They broke off to form their own little sect. Got to get up early. Night, Jake. Night, Kev. Love you, brother. Tell April I love her, too. Missed her tonight. No, just tell me now. What was the God word for his creation? Let there be. Just finished fixing a ceiling fan. Excellent. The word Christ means healer. No, it does not. There were many Christs. You are incorrect, ma'am, or sir, or whatever you are the word Christ means anointed one. It's well documented. It is not a name. It's a title. Jesus, the anointed one. Anointed by whom? By God, of course. And that's it. We've reached the middle of the hour. I've had enough. I'm going to take it to bed. I love you guys and I'll see you tomorrow night at 830. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for keeping the chat interesting and pushing back a little. I like it. Makes me feel good. Makes me feel worthy of being here. Push back all you want. I'll take it. Have a great night. Thank you so much for everything. And I'll see you tomorrow night. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for watching. God bless.